Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. My guest today is returning podcast champion, Kyle Kogan. Kyle, welcome back. Glad to be here, Vass. This is, uh, Aaron, I think it's appearance number 11. <laughs> it's got to be double digits. Yeah, and we're a few pods short of 100, so I, I wish we could have aligned this better. Under <laughs> the episode, but, you know, you got your bye and you were gracious enough to come on. So let everybody know, how's the team doing this year? We're doing pretty good. We're four and two. Um, yeah, this is our bye week. Our two losses are by a combined five points. So, um, you know, wish we would have got those done, but just didn't finish when we needed to. So we got a conference play coming up um, starting next week. And that's really the main, you know, part of the season that truly matters because if we win conference, then, you know, we'll be in the playoffs. So. Excellent stuff, man. Got some close games. How many were the wins by, though? Let's talk about that. Um, I mean, we had one of them was only by like a field goal. That was the most recent one. Um, and then the three other ones were blowouts. Um, you know, we won by probably like 50 in two of them. And we probably won by like 30 in another one. They scored on our backups. They scored like three times on our backups in the fourth quarter, so it's it's whatever. Our guys are healthy. Be honest, how pissed were you in the backups? <laughs> uh, I, I was. I'm in the box, so I was able to, you know, say things that I wanted to say <laughs> without without anybody hearing. That's that's key. Did you see that thing with Notre <laughs> Dame where they were releasing the the headset footage or the audio from the headsets? I heard about it, but I didn't quite hear like the whole story. Yeah, so they they documented the whole uh, final drive against Duke. I'm sure they got more than that, and they play the audio, and the coaches are like, "Oh, good gosh, Almighty, we gotta we gotta get that first down." And I'm like, <laughs> first of all, there is nothing sacred anymore. We're releasing yeah. head, headset audio, <laughs> and uh. two. I wanted to hear the audio if they would have lost. Yeah, for real. Also, I want to point out, I don't think anybody's mentioned this. They get the offensive coaches on the on the drive, but there's still like a minute and a half left in the video. So after they score, Duke had some time. And so I was like, here we go. They're going to play the defensive audio. For some reason, I think I know what it is. <laughs> the defensive audio was not released. They went back down to just the field footage. <laughs> Yeah, so, I wonder why. Yeah, Al Golden's on there just mf. I I think they like hurt the quarterback in the first try or the first play rather, and like nothing happened. But still, he would have found something to be mad about. Oh no doubt. All right, let's get into questions. So our first one this week comes from Andre Brookins. He's the DC and DB coach at Locust Grove High School in McDonough, Georgia. His Twitter handle is at Coach Dre Twenty. His question is, how do you handle sniffers or why off? We play Ripley's out of a 4-2-5. My safety takes care of the H's and flow off of him. I'm curious, what fire zone we run against 11-20 with them running power and counter? And off of that, they throw a post from the backside. How would you handle this? Kyle, you want to take this first? Yeah, sure. We see that a decent amount. Um, yeah, we do the same thing um, and Ripley's stuff, our 3-6 stuff. Um, where we're playing, you know, Ripley's match or like skate Mabel, um, with eyes on the indicator, the why. So, you know, if he swipes, um, you know, match is just essentially becoming skate or, you know, whatever, or, you know, skate is becoming match. 
um, and all that. And they're just falling back with the fits. Um, <clears throat> for fire zone stuff, if they're a gap scheme um, in general, I would like to be like pressuring opposite of where the play's going. Um, you know, so if they're running, you know, power to the defense's right, I would want to bring pressure from the left and be slanting the whole line, right, and cross-facing all blocks, trying to, like, cut the play off and have it wind back, you know, to the pressure. Um, that's uh, that's ideal, right, versus gap schemes is uh, coming away from where it's supposed to be going. Um, obviously, like, power counter, right, would could be going opposite directions um, with how they're running it. So I would probably... Um, you know, run some reports and see if they ran one over the other. Um, usually, you know, we see counter more so than power. Um, so we would more so lean into that of pressuring to the Y, right, and banking on that more likely it's going to be counter. Um, if it's split 50-50, I mean, it's okay, right, if you're going to be pressuring to the tight end side uh, where they're running power. Um, like off the edge, right, and slanting the line, you know, back away. Um, it's not as great. Uh, it would be okay. Um, if it was truly 50-50, what I would probably do is we would get run the same pressure path where it would be um, essentially the DNs would be like the guys coming off the edge. The tackles would be like, they might already be in a three or they might be like slanting out from like a two eye to a three. And we'd be blitzing the face of the center with a Mike linebacker. Um, at the end of the day, like all we're blitzing into bear, right? It's build a bear. We're blitzing into a bear front, whether it's blitzing the face of the center and the a gap, or we're coming off the edge and slanting, right? We're just getting into a bear front. So if it was truly 50, 50, we do, you know, Mike through the A gap, butt face read off the center. Um, if one was, you know, more pronounced than the other, then we, we call it taser, where we're bringing pressure based off the tight ends, wherever the tight end location is, um, you know, to get what we wanted if, you know, it's counter power, you know, more so. Good stuff. Yeah, I like to blitz away from gap schemes. So, but if they're doing it different ways and you can't tell in the backfield set, I, I like what Kyle says. One thing I would add though is I would probably be more likely to come from the field with all things considered. Um, and the and and I know I'm contradicting myself here, but if you're playing ripple is and you're getting like three by one, there's a there's a soft, there's a little softer edge. Your 50 backer is going to have to play that, or your 70 backer, wherever you line them. So, and if you're playing over with weak side rotation three, you should be plus one weak side. Uh, you know, if the if the guard kicks and pulls out and takes out your tackle, uh, or I'm sorry, he kicks out your end and he doesn't spill. Let's say he doesn't spill, and the the tackle or the Y wraps in and gets one of the backers. You know, and and even if the tackle gets back to the backside backer, there's still nobody for the safety. So I would keep that in mind. If we were talking like 21 personnel, uh, I'd want to come from the split end side. But but because it's 11 and 20, I almost want to come from the field. People are going to try and take advantage of that soft quote unquote edge, especially if you're spelling. So that's my thought there, and it's especially true if you're boxing with your end. So if you're playing a true lever spill lever fit. And you're you're like, hey, my fifty backer can't run out there. Um, you know, we gotta we gotta box with him because we got the three technique there and all that, which you can do. I think a lot of people do. Just to change up that edge. But but with that being said, for the most part, I want to blitz away from the play and slant to where the play is going. But because of that one consideration, this is one time where I may change up and i and i really like what you're talking about the plugs too you could do this if you want to get insane first of all i want to talk you out of doing fire zones to 11 and 20 that that was the first thing but you asked for fire zones so there's my fire zone answer i don't like fire zones with the spread stuff because now you're you backer 
there's I won't get into it. It's a, it's a long explanation. We've talked about it before, but you're short. You're a little short in the underneath stuff. Um, but I don't know if you said this or not. But did you talk about the allowing the backer to go off the guard pole? So another thing, Andre, if you're feeling insane, is to get in your overfront, step your G out to a three, and then blitz the backer, whatever backer from where the guard's pulling, blitz them off the center's ass to the opposite side. Just key it. Again, that's kind of insane, but if you want to build your bear and then you can box to both sides, you can create a sort of, well, it's not a sort of a bear. If you blitz your middle guy, especially if it's your middle guy, I'd actually rather be slid over so you can have a good angle. So instead of a 10 trying to run straight ahead or zero trying to run straight ahead and bend is, you know, have them in thirties or whatever. And then you have that angle where you're basically following the guard. The center is going to block back and you're going to blitz off his ass and make those guards try to come off and pick you up. Which I don't think they will, especially if it's like a pop and go, maybe, maybe not. You could also do that if you could tell which guard's going to pull. If you get some fat ass guard, that's like real light. You just have the guy to his side blitz off, just say, hey, blitz off the center's ass. Anyway, that was my insane answer. I don't know. I don't know if I would advise that, so to to speak, but it's an idea. There's a lot of ideas now, whether it's good or whether it'll work. I don't know. You'll have to play with it. Or you can just be like, he's insane. I'm not touching that. So I hope we answered your question there. I think uh, there was something about the post on the backside, right? Yeah. Missed that. Yeah, on in general, I don't really feel bad about them running a post versus middle of the field closed. Um, I mean, if they're throwing the bang eight on time, obviously that can be really tough, right? And you would need to look into probably playing some split safety stuff, you know, situationally. But if it's just a regular post versus middle of the field closed, it's like, okay, this isn't a big deal. You know, we're outside and low and undercutting, but if it's the skinny post bang a, you know, that, that can be tougher. So now I, I want to ask you this cause you had the middle linebacker part first. And then I kind of added on to what you were saying, but I didn't think about this. How would you feel about, I don't know what you call it anymore. Was it called the mud safety? The guy who was coming down and replacing the backer in fire zone. How, how do you feel about that in that situation? Or do you not care? No, I mean, um, yeah, we run that pressure um, with the safety dropping it down. We call it we call it a moon drop, but it's it's the same thing. Um, I mean, in general, we're teaching all of our pressures is odd space, so we're A to C all the time. So you know they're they're ready to fit the A gap, and then they see pullers, swipers going across. They're falling to the C gap, so um, it hasn't really been like a, a issue or tough on the kids or anything. That makes sense. Uh, we didn't do a lot of that stuff. So bringing those inside backers, if you were trying to count on the safety to come fill behind them in a fire zone way, I was scared the hell out of me, but that's a really good way to get around it. Having them play A to C and fitting like odd. Yeah, I, I'm with Kyle. If it's a if it's at the post, I mean, if you're dropping down your field safety, then I'd say hang the backside safety a little bit more. You know, so instead of just running to the middle of the field, you can have them hang and then go late because we did more of that, but if you're a traditional cover three team and that guy's getting to the middle, don't change his technique. Just I can get to the middle. And then the beautiful thing about that stuff is if you're fitting it properly and if you are a lever spill lever fitting that, that guy doesn't have to be involved unless the quarterback starts running the ball. So you just tell his ass, you don't even give him on, on that sort of stuff. I know this is corny and you know, the cover three purists and guys may yell at me, but we tell him, you have the post of the X. Don't divide shit. You you get your ass back there if that's what you're worried about. You stand your ass back there and you look for that guy and screw the slot receiver or whatever. I mean, if that's what you're worried about with it being high school football. At higher levels, if you did that, they'd fire you. They'd have parades and shit to get you fired. But in this world, you can just say, hey, they got, you know, it's high school ball. If they got Randy Moss at X, you're not playing the middle third. You're standing in the middle third and you're, you're looking at the X receiver. So anyway, I know that's that's country time lemonade ball, but that's that's my answer to that. If that's I mean, because if that's the route that you mentioned specifically. There you go. All right. So this next question comes from Josh Lawrence, defensive coordinator at Groveport Madison in Columbus, Ohio. 
His question is, this is a good one. I'm going to put you on the spot. You're going first. I talk too much on this damn thing. The people want Oprah anyway. The people don't want me. The people want Oprah. You know how many questions we had last week when people thought you were coming on? And I screwed mm-hmm. up and Adam Gaylor so graciously filled in at the 11th hour because I'm an idiot and I don't understand how weeks work. So you're answering AG. this, buddy. I'm putting you to work. AG's right. probably better than me. And he was great, but I felt bad because... I mean, you guys know a lot of the same stuff, but I was hoping, I was like, please don't let it be a bunch of stuff that Kyle does. And there was a lot of, I think there was some, like, how to defend big personnel stuff. And Adam's like, I don't know, we don't see this goofy shit. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, touche. I listened to it. Yeah, so I talked a hell of a lot last week, and I don't want to talk much anymore. Why get in the way of a genius, right? (laughs) Uh, But Josh asks, our opponent has an athlete that gets the ball out of the backfield, gets screens, and plays receiver. He's a stud. He hasn't played in the last two weeks due to injury. Their offense is vastly different. We don't know if he's going to play or not. How do we approach? That's a great question. I love this. I love this time of year because you get questions like this you've never had to think about. Mm-hmm. Or you have, and I totally just forgot about it. But I don't know. What are your thoughts there? And you, you probably almost want, like, two plans. Um I, I mean, I, I wish there was kind of more information on what they're doing, you know, without yeah. him. Um, but if, I mean, it could be maybe a situation where if he's not playing, then, you know, you could just play your base stuff that the kids know and you're just running your calls and kicking ass and doing fine. And then you have a plan, you know, specifically for if he's playing, right? The man, the Superman guy is playing. Um, so if, if what it was, he was getting the ball. It was like a running back type thing, and he's getting the ball out of the backfield, right? Yeah, he plays everywhere. Uh, he's in the backfield. He's the receiver. It doesn't say he plays quarterback, but he's getting the ball everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I, you, you, everybody knows I'm big middle-of-the-field close guy. So for the most part, I would feel good about playing middle-of-the-field close stuff if he's in the slot or he's in the backfield, right? Uh, especially zone stuff, right? We're going to be able to leverage him to the flat, you know, playing Rip Liz. Um, you know, if they're putting him out at the number one, right, we're going to get one-on-one balls and we can't hang for, you know, a personnel matchup reason, then I would probably have, you know, some sort of like double call where we're, if he's if he's the X receiver, number one, you know, in whatever kind of formation, then we're going to have a call to, you know, play split safety and double him, right, to make sure that, you know, we're, we got our ducks in a row and he's not getting the ball or, or we can at least say, like, we did everything we can to make sure he's not getting the ball. So, um, you know, I, I would probably do something along those lines if he's truly all over the place is I would feel good about middle of the field close. He's at running back, right, and they're – if they're not running the quarterback, obviously you can fit everything. And if he's in the slot, right, he's probably inside the divider and you're going to get help, you know, most of the time anyways, you know, minus like wheel routes or like slot fade. And then if they put him out at the number one, you know, you, you double call it to where you get to, you know, quarters or clamp or some sort of like split safety, right. Or man match where you're truly doubling him and playing man on other people. So that would probably be like my general thoughts. And then if he's not playing, it's like, all right, guys, let's just play our normal defense, right? Just, we don't really need to do anything crazy here. Well, my question would be, how good are they without him? If the answer is they're vastly different, but still competent, then you got to hedge. If you're going to tell me they look like the 2023 Miami Dolphins, except for when they play the Bills, apparently. And if it's, if he's not there, then hedge your bets that way. Practice all the stuff they do with him when they're good, and then line up the formations and play ball. I mean, I've I've faced similar scenarios where I've had to face two offenses, whatever they are on one end with him and without him. You know, if he's their whole offense and they're good, but they're, you know, only 20% worse when he's not there, but they're doing a lot of other stuff, then I think you got to practice more of it. And then figure out a way. I don't remember where I did this. It doesn't really. Oh, it was on a Patreon uh, thing. If you're interested, go to patreon.com slash coach fast for all your coaching needs. 
and I had basically somebody came on. It was, it was, it was a different situation, but it was, they ran the wing T before they ran the eye and the scrimmage in the first game, but I think they're going to go to the wing T and we took the plays and we basically paired them up and said, okay, T, you know, linebackers, you know, don't worry about the fullback pretend it's wing T. So they're reading the guard. So it's a little harder in the eye, but you're not like, Hey, I'm going to key the fullback. Well, shit, there's no fullback. You know what I mean? So you find where there's carryover and you can't practice everything. And if they're not very good, let's be honest, if they're not very good and that guy's not going to play, they're going to be hodgepodge anyway, probably. I mean, or they're going to do the same stuff and you're going to kick their ass. So that's where, I mean, you could even put in a few plays that they have never even run before. So run your basic stuff and then throw in some like plays that like if you were the offensive coordinator and you were told you had to take over and you, but you had to stay in their style. I've done that before. But we've played teams that was like dial a you know, not dial, but it's offense. What the hell am I talking about? Where it was Ouija board offense. It was like, we're just going to close our eyes and put some bitch over whatever letter we hear. That, that's what we're going to do that week. Well, I, I actually drew up some plays and said, all right, well, if I was going to be them and I had whatever, this is what I'm going to do in their style, just because that they can practice. The, oh shit. What is this defense? Um, during the week, which you're going to possibly have to do anyway. So you could just have a, um, a Jackson Pollock period. We just throw everything, throw all the shit at the wall and see what sticks. I don't know. That's my only thought. I said a lot to say, if they're not very good, practice all the stuff with them. If they are pretty good without them, you got to practice everything. So, and then like Kyle said, maybe have a few calls to really key on him or find the outliers. Like there's gotta be some crossover. So, for example, and again, we don't have all the information, but here's something we used to do. If they throw screens with him in the backfield. Now, on your question, it says they play him in the backfield and he gets screens and he plays receiver. So I don't know if he's getting the tailback screens. We used to do a call when we run our Tampa stuff or our man match stuff was called scratch. And it just told the tackles that, hey, bull and spy the back on pass. You're not going to, especially some fat ass tackle, he ain't going to win anyway. Just have him, especially the G, like just have him grab and just look around. And then we had a go scratch call, which put the three technique away from the back. He had a two way go and could do whatever he want. And the nose had the back. You know, if he's not playing, you don't need that call, but maybe you put, you know, you tag that on or call from the sidelines. I mean, you'll have good lead time unless they're evil and they have him in the warmups like he's going to play, which we did one time. Hey, <laughs> We had a kid that we knew wasn't going to play ever. He was out for the year, but he, he, nobody knew. And we started leaking rumors that he was going to play on senior day. This guy looked like the Megatron version of a defensive lineman in high school. He was like 6'5", 280, chiseled. And we kind of started leaking rumors that he was going to play. And then he came out in, in, uh, in pregame with all the shit on because it was senior day. And he was walking around and he was kind of like doing like a jog and stretches kind of off, but kind of with the group. So he couldn't tell. And then of course, by kickoff, they didn't know, you know, then they realized, Oh, he's not playing. But their OC was like, so, so is 99 going to play? And we're like, he's playing. Yeah. But we didn't say what he was playing. I think we, he ended up playing some ping pong later. So like, technically he played. He's, we just didn't say what he could do, you know, unless they're evil and do some shit like that. But you may know coming off the bus, here's what you need to do. You need to, if this is important, if this game's at home, you need to have like three or four greeters at the bus, give them the best welcoming committee they've ever experienced on an away game. You greet them at the bus and then you'll know before kickoff, is he walking with a limp? Does he have his stuff with him? You know, watch him when he comes under the bus. Is he pulling out his pads? Because he gets off the bus and everybody pulls off their pads and he doesn't. You have a two hour lead time. That's called advanced scouting. Now, if you're on the road, I don't know what to tell you then. Go. Here's what you do. You got a girlfriend, boyfriend, whomever. Get them some gear from the home team. Go sit, sit their ass up in the stand and say, oh, is Billy playing today? Oh, yeah. You know, and then they have the other team's shirt underneath. Get some, get some scoop. 
Well, they'll know because you'll see the kids come get taped. Who's getting taped? Get some binoculars and go secret squirrel on their ass. That helps you none, by the way. Actually, no, that's some pretty good advice. I'm off the rails tonight. Anything to add? Oh, I think that's the greatest ideas I've ever heard yeah. about anything ever. Yeah. That's awesome. Advanced scouting is what they call that. I bet that's not uh. Steve Belichick's book. <laughs> that's my next coach tube video. <laughs> how, to, how to spy legally. Yes. Uh, you know, maybe maybe slick the surface so that you have the bus go to a certain spot, make it real wet, and then when they got off the bus, see see how carefully is getting off the bus. All right, I'm moving on to the next question. This is this is completely out of pocket right now. I'm excited to introduce Coach Vast Defense, a comprehensive out of the box defensive system with everything you need to coordinate a top tier defense coming in early 2025. The system is a one stop shop and comes with a complete, robust defensive scheme with tools to get into any structure, including even, odd, mint-tight, bare, stack, three-high, and more. It comes with an NFL-level playbook with run-fits and route matches, narrated install videos with a schedule for implementation, and a library of answers for every offense you will see, including the spread 11 personnel offense du jour, the air raid, the Bryles offense, option schemes including the flexbone, the wing tee, three-back, and much more. It also comes with a drill and game film library, live in-season game planning sessions, templates to help you organize practice, opponent breakdown, and tools to make you a better play caller. Whether you're new to coordinating or a grizzled vet looking for new ideas, this system will have something for everyone. If you want to see all the details of the system, visit coachfastdefense.com and make sure to sign up for the mailing list to get updates and invitations to webinars to have your say in the system's creation so all of your coaching needs are met. Again, go to coachfastdefense.com, check out the details, and sign up for the mailing list. This past season, coaches across the country used CoachPad to be more efficient with their scout cards for prep on the weekends and on the practice field with their scout team. Whether you're using a computer program to create your scout cards or drawing them by hand, the CoachPad is for you. Some of the features coaches enjoyed the most this past season was never printing paper or stuffing a binder, the scout team being able to see their cards clearly, even in the bright sun, and using the CoachPad on game day to sync diagrams from the press box to the sideline. This offseason, get yours at thecoachpad.com and get your program ready for next season. Again, that is thecoachpad.com. All right, uh, so Kyle, I've created a monster. This next question starts because I've I've said in the past that I think I said it on the podcast that you're like Oprah. In the sense that if I say yeah. Kyle, everybody knows who I'm talking about when I say Kyle's coming on, and I called you Oprah. Well, I created a monster because mm-hmm. somebody wrote in a question calling me Gail. <laughs> oh God, her best friend's name which I don't like. Now that I've said that out loud, I'm probably gonna get more of it. So maybe I'm gonna cut this. Uh. Yeah. Here's the question from Fabian Bonani from Twitter University. He's he's from Philadelphia. Go Birds worship Jalen Hurts. That's that's what city he lives in. So he's a well-adjusted fellow. Nice. This, this is actually a great question. Oprah and Gail. I'm doing side-eyed of Kyle as I read this. <laughs> Thank you both so much for the awesome pods you've done, teaching us so many coverages. Feel lucky to have listened. Thank you. I have a minor obsession with man-matched triangles since your cover seven pod. Seek help. His question is, what are your favorite stack adjustments depending on threats? And when would you prefer to use man-matched triangles? If the split is nasty, do you ever like to get the linebacker involved short and inside, even if the stack is to passing strength? Kyle, you go first. Yeah, so we have um, a couple of different triangles uh, that will play. So if it's uh, like one and two, um, yeah, we call it cops. So that's just, you know. First in, first out, um, underneath, or low. Um, and then at the top, it's leverage of the first break. So, you know, first guy goes out, you need to get outside leverage of the other guy and vice versa. So on uh, par downs, so first and second downs, we'll tell them that it has to be a true stack um, for them to, like, check, you know, a, a triangle uh, rather than just playing out uh, – you know, like bracket or, you know, we call it like Indian and stuff like that. Um, if it's third down, if it's like a loose stack, you know, or, or nasty, right, where they're, you know, pretty close, it's like maybe five-yard split, then uh, we're not worried about run support as much. Obviously, if it's third and short, then we would be. But 
you know, medium, long, extra long. We're not worried about it as much. Um, so we would tell the kids that it would be okay to check a triangle on that. Um, cause as soon as we do that, we're losing the inside piece and the fit. Um, so that's why we try not to do it on, uh, par downs unless it's a true legitimate stack. Um, we'll do that same thing versus, uh, a tight end and a receiver. Um, so if it's like, you know, why, why, but the second why is actually a receiver, uh, we'll do that same thing. So the backer would be involved, uh, like you said, um, and it's same rules, right? Unless it's like, why, why, um, I mean, they're probably not going to be stacked, right? Um, but we would play our triangle concept versus that. And then if it's like a loose, you know, nasty-ish type split, we would rather that they don't check the triangle call um, unless it's like third down, you know, where we're okay being a little bit lighter in the box. So um, we'll do that versus one and two. We do the same thing versus two and three um, in trips um, where you know, it's just a triangle on two and three. We call that thief. So um, we have another one uh, versus tight end running back um, versus like single width formations. We call that trooper. Uh, it's the same thing underneath. It's just the top side guy. He's not going to nail down on the second route. He's going to stay high and poach if nobody's vertical. So um, that's really the only difference is are we coming out of the roof aggressively at the top or are we playing soft and staying deep, you know, the whole time or looking to poach if everything eliminates. So um that would basically be the only difference between like cop and like trooper and stuff. So, but yeah, we'll use them. Um, they've been good for us, you know, definitely like it on third down when we're okay, you know, being lighter in the box. So now our next question comes from Frank Imbardino. He's the defensive coordinator at Falston high school in Falston, Maryland. He has set the record for the longest question ever written in. Let's go. But I can't fault him because I'm always like, give me information. Give me more information. I need more context. That's true. Well, my That's man true. Frank here says he's been a fan since he started the podcast on the other show that will remain nameless and says to keep up the great work. Appreciate that. Thank you. And I know that he's a longtime listener because he has provided me every detail you've ever wanted to know is afraid to ask. So I'm going to rephrase this question, Frank. I appreciate all the details. So the basic gist of it is he's playing double tights with a T backfield. So dead T straight T, whatever you want to call it power T. And the only two plays they run are buck and G or down, which to me is the same play where the front side guard pulls and kicks. Now Frank bases out of a three, four tight front, but he thought he would go play a six man front instead. Good man where he was thinking playing a three, five and nine to each side with a 20 technique linebacker to each side and cross key the guards with the inside backers. And basically if the guard pulls to me, it's buck and it fits, it's the same fit right down and buck are the same fit. So it doesn't, that doesn't even matter in my mind. Sorry. I'm kind of answering the question as I read it and summarize it. They're, they're very disciplined and they run these two plays flawlessly. They also run a formation with nine men attached to the line of scrimmage center and four to each side with a wildcat quarterback and a running back in the backfield. And basically the running back leads and tries to find daylight. They also run a tight encounter to keep you honest. would love to hear your thoughts on these two. I know it's frowned upon to change your defense for one week, but are there any tight three, four answers that would be better than what I just described? So let's do this one together. So tight answers. I would say no. The only odd fronts, because the problem is, is then you have to commit yourself to a seven man line or a five man line. You don't want to be in a five-man line versus double tights. So now you have to put yourself in a seven-man line. So if you're going to do something like okie dog pinch, which I don't think you should do if they're running off tackle, you pinch everyone down, bring a guy off each side. Just, I, I don't love that. That's an old wishbone call that is not meant for this type of stuff. I've done it like an insane person when I was young and didn't know any better. And I was told, you know, three backs, okie dog pinch. Well, it worked, but not, not because of any smart smart stuff on my part so what are your thoughts on that stay away from three four in this situation <clears throat> yeah i i would probably stay away from it um 
I mean, I guess the only other thing you could do would be like full line slants. Um, if you kind of knew, like if they're like, this is like 32 personnel, right? Yeah. If they're like wing TS, you know, where they have a strong and a quick side and you knew like who is the strong guard that's pulling to kick out, you know, you could be slanting your line, you know, that direction, you know, trying to cut the play off all that stuff that we we're basically talking about before with the gap scheme stuff. It's, you know, it's, it's gap scheme. Um, but if they were, you know, left and right and you didn't know, then you're pretty much just guessing at that point. So I, I would probably not want to be in three, four, like five, two, you know, S type stuff. I would rather be in four down. Um, <clears throat> I think some of that too is, you know, if four down is, that's like old school war, you know, it's you line up on this side, I line up on this side, and whoever's got more bullets is going to win. You know, we're just going to battle, and whoever's got the dogs is, is going to get it done. So if you're as good or better than up, up them up front, I, I would play four down. If you're not as good, I mean, you might want to just be like slanting and trying to, you know, get TFLs and get them behind the chains and all that kind of stuff. But I, I would rather be in four down. Um, I probably would like, you know, double two I, you know, G's over the threes. You might be able to get penetration um, with them pulling the front side guard and, you know, making the tackle have the, having to block all the way down, you know, to the, to the two I to get to the a gap i would probably prefer that over them playing double threes but um yeah i i think the plan overall and the you know the four down six down you know whatever type front is is good you know guy pulls that way i'm running that way if he pulls opposite if he pulls up on, on the back side i'm thinking cut back you know so but yeah it's probably kind of how does the personnel match up and can you can you can you stop them in four down? Totally, totally agree with most of that. One thing I'll say is, you know, you said I know it's it's frowned upon to change your defense for one week. I don't think that's the case in high school. You you play an air raid team and then you play a three back team. How are you not going to change your defense? Like that that's not a thing that that doesn't really exist anymore, in my opinion. Because the and, and maybe I'm wrong, but you know if you're if you're playing a wing T team and. You, and there's four wing T teams on your schedule and you're changing from a 50 to a four down. Yeah, that's a problem. But how else are you supposed to defend both of those offenses? You have to change something. And this goes back to that whole uh, phrase, don't play defenses, play defense, or I think I did it backwards. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Where you don't really have to change the structure. It doesn't matter, you know, too much, but. You know, you teach techniques. You teach a spilling nine, which, by the way, I would heavily, heavily suggest spilling on this with the nine techniques. You know, you can play. If you're going to play four down, you can play with a guy high. Now, I know this is going to kind of go against what I just said. But you could play odd and play, you know, zero, three, six, nine. 369 the other side and spill which would be my other suggestion which is funny because i'm like don't play odd you could do that but i would flip your guys so if they're running buck and belly now you said buck sweep i don't know if they're running the trap off of that so are they is it buck sweep with a fake trap to one guy that's a different story i like the thought of the double so so this is where i'm a little different with kyle i understand what kyle's saying about having to have the tackle blocked down on the G. But the only problem with that is, in my opinion, is now they can double your DN and get movement. So if you're going to do that, flip your guys. Put your ends at the Gs and put your big guys on the edges. Not on the edge, but in the sevens. And have your quick guys just get vertical upfield because they're not going to get doubled on any of the plays. That's a good idea. Because the center's going to have to block back block on everything. I mean, if he tries yeah. to get front side on G, now they could try to cut the back side and reach the... You know, they could, what, are, what are my buddy used to call it, deuce man. Well, no, that's on the backside. But uh, shoe shine you with the with the center 
and then the tackle yeah. block down and pull the guard. But now the backside two eye has to bend down hard inside. There's nobody for him. Uh, but if they're pulling both guys, I don't really don't think you can do that unless they really tighten down their splits. Now, one thing that we did against a team that went 23 personnel, but put the tight end on. So it, we only had to cover two vertical threats is we did double Eagle, but instead of playing like tight proper, we played zero with our best guy. And we took our next two best guys, big dudes and put them head up on the tight ends and then put our quick guys in a gap three, and they just got a field. And they could cut if they needed to. And so they have to down block the big guys, and the fat guys are trying to block the, the fast guys, which is kind of what Kyle was alluding to. Um, and, and maybe that's where it's an idea where you could do that if they're running inside stuff. If they're only running the external stuff, I think the double threes with the 20 backers is fine, or what Kyle said with the under. Under to one side, rather double G's, double the old wide tackle six. What is your feeling on twos instead of G's? You think the G's because it changes the angles of the down block, right? Yeah, I I would like to. I like twos though as well. Usually, like if we were if we were playing twos, then we're also in sixes. Um, but if it was if it was two eyes, we're in fives. You know, just yeah. traditional like front stuff. So. And so I was thinking, we're in two eyes, we're in fives, you know, and then we could have a nine as well. Now, I know this may be country, but kind of going back to what I was saying, you know, if this is a gap scheme, buck and, and down offense, and they're not reaching, they're not trapping, they're not doing other stuff, not fold blocking. I think there's something to be said about putting your nose in the gap and submarine in between two guys and just digging them out because they're not going to, it's not like they're going to reach, it's not like a wide zone and they're going to reach you. And you know, I know what's the thing the double wing guys say hurdle the dead or whatever. Trample the weak hurdle the dead. Words to live by there. <laughs> but you know, but that's what we did. We played, we played a tough ass on the best power running team in the state. And we put our smallest guys, we had two DNs that were like 210. And these guards were like 270, 280. We put their little ass nose. We, we, we didn't call it a three. We didn't call it a four eye. We just said gaps, B gap. And they got on all fours and they shot through and they couldn't touch them. And then we put our big son bitch three technique who was like 380. Well, everybody knows who he is now. Neo Mafia plays left guard for the Patriots. We put him as the six technique. But with the three technique, they couldn't double the six. So you had some volleyball player trying to down block Neo by himself. And we were just like, oh, word? You want to do that? All right, cool. And it was uh, it was knives in a gunfight. So those are my thoughts. I do like the idea of flipping the guys, though, and playing the Gs now that I think more. Especially if you know if the guard... Because the, the theory is the guard's going to pull... What three quarters of the time? I don't know. Mm -hmm. The numbers guys would have to work out the the numbers on that. You know, whether it's an out pull or down, or uh, I'm sorry, whether it's an out pull or a cross pull. Now, with the going back to your part about the backers, I don't think you need a cross key. I think no. you can cross key with pull calls. So let the other linebackers' eyes be your eyes. So you make a pull call if your guy goes across. If your guy goes out, you don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Or you say out, yeah. out, out, and you could, yeah, you could blindfold their ass and play. I would well, know you couldn't because you'd need the you need the stim <laughs> uh, That's a dumb. That's a dumb idea. But you could work a drill the first day where there's literally screw the backfield flow. Now, if they're running trap and other things off of this, I'm going off of what you said, which is they run buck and they run down, which is really the same play. Right. It's the same play. It's down, down, pull and kick front side. The backside guard can add, but in high school, especially, and I know some guys will disagree with this, but at some point, Kyle and I were talking this off pod. I mean, what's a backside guard going to do if you've spilled the front side guard? What's he really going to do? He can't pull up anywhere inside. Mm -hmm. He's going to have to run all the way on the edge, and that back's going to be gone. That back's going to outrun his fat ass. Yep. So I, I that's where I'm, I'm like, one guard, two two guards, three guards, like 
the double wing stuff never bothered me. Oh my God, they're pulling all these people because you're denting the front side, making the ball go out. So they're, you, they, they pull up to nothing. They're like blocking backside corners. They're going to, I mean, if you're worried about your backside corner being a main fitter, you got, you got bigger problems than this podcast can solve. So I don't know. I just, I, I don't really see it there. I wouldn't worry about cross game. Don't give them too much to see. That's my one thing I will tell you. The other things are kind of like, well, you could do this, you could do that, you could do this, but I will stand behind this. Do not have them cross key. Are you with me on that? Yeah, for sure. Just watch your guard. I, I really like the flip idea, flipping the personnel thing that you're talking about. I like that a lot. Oh, it's so awesome. Watch it. And that's why I like threes. Because to me, you now that's how my brain works, is if I have a three, they can't double the C-gap player. Mm-hmm. And then you put your big daddy out there, and the tight end has to single block especially if the front side guards pulling. Yeah. So it's like, and, and one thing I didn't touch on Kyle did no offense is truly balanced. I don't believe, I believe that to my core because they may be dead T, but there's going to have a back. They want to run the ball with more and they're going to have a side. They want to run to it's I've never seen a truly 50, 50 offense. So hedge your bets. If they like to run, probably like most often, like to run to their right, put your best dudes over there. Or mm-hmm. play over there and then play, you know, three, six, nine strong and then play G5 or G7, five, or sorry, G7, nine weak. Not, not because uh, of anything else other than on Buck, if the center blocks back, the guy can cross ace. But if he's in the three backside, it makes it even easier. And if you don't believe me, Ask your ask the center on your team how much he likes running counter back and getting with three technique. In the words of Mad Men, not great, Bob. All right, so we actually don't have a lot of questions for this week, but there were a couple last week that were designed for you because when I announced you were coming on, the questions came flooding in. So I marked a couple that I'm pretty sure were for you. Adam and I tried to Adam did a great job, no matter what. But I tried to uh, answer for you. And here's one. Uh, I've never done this before. I don't think I've ever gone back and asked the previous questions. But they're, you're going to get different answers. So, Waldo Cardin asked last week, if you're playing two high concepts, what is the best way technique for the secondary to handle YY edges? And if you have any remote interest in my answer, which you probably don't, you can check the last podcast. But Kyle, what do you think? <clears throat> yeah. Um... So if it was like YY three by one, um, I mean, if we're playing like our seven stuff, our man match quarter stuff, we'd be checking thief or we'd be playing the triangle on two and three, first in, first out. We're going to carry the verticals, play leverage of the first break at the top. Um, if it was two by two, you know, YY on the backside, we would, you know, check the triangle, all that stuff. Um, if we were playing zone match quarter stuff, so if it was three by one YY, we'd be playing, we call it nail, right? It's traditional quarters. Um, the safety would be playing off two and the, the will linebacker. Um, he, for us, the will linebacker travels with the on the ball tight end or the Y in general. Um, so he would be having all of the vertical of three. And then obviously the corner out of the one with the star or the Sam you know, in the flat. Um, and if it was YY two by two, we would, we would play cover two, you know, on the backside. So, um, you know, for the most part, it's going to play out exactly the same versus the run game. Um, passing wise, obviously the, the route distributions and then the matches could be different, you know, compared from zone to man or, a triangle versus quarters, you know, but, um, yeah, that would be, you know, that would be our, our tools that we would use and, um, <clears throat> what we do split safety wise and our zone match stuff is, um, so like eight for us is that the guys are playing coverage to action. Uh, they're playing pass first. Um, and then if we call four, they're playing action to coverage and they're playing run first. So example would be like three by one, um, why, why, right? I'm the strong safety, the deep guy watching my tight end. If he blocks and it's cover eight, 
I'm playing pass and I'm going to snap eyes and hips to the one, um, you know, and I'm thinking slanted curl post, um, as or if we call four, um, and he's playing run first, he's playing action to coverage. Whenever he gets the block, he's going to go fit, right? He's, he's going to plug and basically scratch where it itches because we're going to be max fitting. So, um, that that's how we teach the zone match stuff is do we need you playing pass first or do we want you playing run first? So it'd be the same idea on the backside of YY two by two with the half player. Um, you know, if he blocks, are you going to play run or are you going to play pass? So um, that's what, that's what we do in our, in our zone match stuff and our, in our seven stuff, we're slinging the fits based off a of quarterback's eyes or back location is easier, but we don't always get that. We, we'll get flop read RPO. So we have to sling the fits based off the quarterback's eyes. So explain to the folks at home what sling the fits means. <clears throat> so we, we tell the backers that they're fitting it. Like we're out gap, um, like seven man fit pro. Um, we, we just, we call it minus fits. So we, we call it minus fits gapped out and, and max fits. So we don't say nine, eight, seven. Um, that's, you know, if you say that to a coach, they know what you're talking about. But like to a kid, okay, what do these numbers mean? And then you got to explain, oh, it's 21 personnel from the NFL and 30 years ago. And it's like, all right, this is minus fits. This is gapped out. This is max fits, you know, so. But, uh, yeah, so we, we fit the backers, um, like seven-man fit pro minus fits. So like we don't have enough. Um, and we're fitting it as odd up front. So we're making the ball roll. Um, and then we know when we call this, we're going to get support late from, you know, one of the safeties or the nickel, you know, or the corner, you know, whatever coverage we're playing on the back end of who is the eighth guy, you know, the, the other guy that we need to fit it like middle of the field closed. Um, but, you know, usually it's, for us, usually it's the top two guys, um, but it could be uh, like the nickel is the nickel on both sides or the nickel to the front side and the free safety on the back side. It just depends on the tool that we're playing. Um, but it's if the if the quarterback is looking at me, I'm playing pass. And then if he's not looking at me, I'm playing run. So I would be the extra fitter um, is, is slinging the fits. So. Usually, we're able to do it off back location. If the back's to me, I'm playing pass. And if the back is away, I'm playing run. But, you know, we'll see flop read stuff where the back is to the defense's left, but then the quarterback is looking to the defense's right. And, you know, he'll pull it and throw a slant if the nickel or whoever, you know, goes to play run because of the back's opposite. Right? So... That's slinging the fits. It's easy when you could do it off back location. And um, it's not bad when you have to do it off the quarterback size. The kids are usually just a tad bit slower, you know, because they have to let it play out for half a second or whatever until they truly know if they're playing run or pass first. But, yeah, we tell the backers we don't have enough. And then we know, you know, as coaches that we're going to get enough. It's just going to happen a little bit late. Here's another question for you that was asked last week. Matt McDonald asked, how do you game plan versus teams that use a ton of formations and may only run a formation three to four times each game, but use lots of unbalanced tackle over and unique formation sets? Um, I mean, I think that kind of goes back to your, your camp stuff. Um, I mean, we got general rules for um, if it's tackle over, you know, we, we knock the we we knock the front, um, you know. Say knock left, knock right, or we just bump everybody over and say, you know, that's the center. Play a two eye off him. Play a three off him. You know, whatever. Um, I, I liked what you said last week about that same thing. I'm pretty sure I got that from you. You know, five years ago or six years ago, whatever that was, because um, I used to teach it the old way too, and it was really confusing. So. Um, oh, treat the center as the guard, or treat the guard as yeah. the center rather. Yeah. yeah, and say you know, 
and now with you know a three is actually a two i or but it but it's a one or you know oh my god i no, was trying to like, i had know. to cut speaking of which this is how confusing it is i know what i'm talking about very <laughs> well and i still had to say it like three times last week oh yeah i had to cut so much audio yeah because <laughs> i was like okay and i was like god i gotta explain this more clear but uh but yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I think that's a Brandon yeah. Lechtenberg special. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's 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 made it really easy for our guys. Um, if we're getting, um, you know, unbalanced passing strength stuff, um, we have, you know, a man in a zone call where our man calls go to cover one, um, and then we'll trick and we'll, you know, if it, if the tight end is dead, then we'll pressure, you know, to that side. And if a receiver's dead, then we're just jamming him, right? And then if we're in a zone call, it'll go to three buzz, basically. And we set the front out to the strong side, so we just double rotate because that's where all the guys are. Um, so we have those two, you know, checks for, you know, four by zero, you know, type or five by zero or whatever it is, type formations. Um and then the motion adjustments off of that, you know, where if it's three by one, somebody's dead on the front side and the X is off, you know, and cover one stuff, we're spinning it and zone stuff, the corners just sliding into the box, you know, so um, that's how we handle the unbalanced stuff. But um, I mean, other than that, like, you know, weird formations aren't that bad. So, um, you know, we're just playing. We're just playing our stuff, you know, whether it's four open or 11 personnel, you know, with a tight end, he's in a slightly different spot than traditional, you know, we're, we're just playing our stuff out. So, but I would assume that, you know, tackle over and dead formations would be the weird ones that they were talking about. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so last week, Kane Clifton asked, in our base packages, we are primarily an inside leverage on number two with our star, and naturally, we see a lot of sprint flood concepts. I tried to put in some two-trap coverages as well as clip to combat that, but my corners had a hard time with it. Can you walk through what you like against three-by-one sprint outs and quarterback eye progression in two-trap and or clip? Yeah, I'd, I'd bring frontside pressure fire zone. Um or creeper, you know, I mean, I'm bringing the nickel off the edge strong in the face of sprint out. Um, I mean, that's, that's going to be good against if you're playing fire zone, right. That's going to be good against a good amount of things. Um, you know, flood smash, you know, things like that. Um, corner comeback is, is really tough because it's, you know, the comebacks falling away from, from the corner, yeah, assuming the corner is inside and high and has it cut off like you should be. Um, but if you're getting front side pressure with a nickel, then they're probably not going to have time for, you know, some of those routes to develop and whatnot. But um, that's what I like for sprint out is bring the nickel. Um, if we're playing two trap stuff, um, I remember you talking about, um, you don't count the back, um, and that stuff in the man match, like cover five stuff. We don't either. So it would be the same as that. So they would only be worried about three, um, come, you know, two or three coming out and, uh, we pinwheel. So, uh, assuming that it's a normal split, um, by pinwheel, I mean, is they're going to club with the inside hand? And they're going to man turn like two man running with it. And they're going to snap their eyes, you know, back around, um, you know, looking for somebody coming out um, to trap. Basically, if it's if it's short, they let the ball bring them down. So like if it's a bubble, you know, an arrow, you know, one, two steps out, like they're not coming down off that. The, the ball is going to have to bring them down. They will not leave the vertical unless the ball gets thrown to the flat. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how we teach um, the corners in our five stuff is they pinwheel assuming that, you know, one and two aren't too close. Um, if they are close, 
we just club with the outside hand. Um, so we have a zone hip angle where we could see everything and it's the same idea. We're carrying the one, um, unless the ball brings us down to the flat, we'll come off on like a deep out route, you know, something like that. Um, but we're not coming out on like bubble or an arrow route, flat route. Uh, we don't want to expose the whole shot. So, um, that's how we teach the corners. Great stuff, man. Definitely our shortest podcast ever. Thank you so much for joining me and good luck the rest of this year. And I'm sure we'll have you back on as soon as the year's over. Right on. Glad to be here, Vass. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you.